turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, Those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 19th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Appreciate you being with us. Congressman Jim Jordan is going to be with us, as he often is, and almost always is really on Mondays. We're looking forward to uh, talking to him about a number of things, including the agenda moving forward for the Republican Party in the uh, waning weeks of this congressional session. Obviously, they are going to try to get a few things done before the Democrats take over in January. What will be the priorities? One thing we know is not a priority for House Republicans, and that is that uh, they have a conservative leader um, to combat and fight back against the likes of Nancy Pelosi because they chose Kevin McCarthy instead. You saw it last week. We talked about it somewhat then. I have not yet talked to Congressman Jordan himself about that vote. Uh, It was not close, over 150 votes for uh, Kevin McCarthy to be the House Minority Leader and uh, just 43 for uh, Congressman Jordan to hold that very important position. I don't know about you, but that does not give me optimism. It does not give me hope that there is going to be a very strong attempt by the Republicans in the House to continue to try to advance the Trump agenda in the last two years of the president's first term. I just, uh, you know, it's, if the, again, I talked to um, Congressman Renacci about this. I did not talk to, talk to Jordan. That's the kind of ironic part. But I did talk to Renacci on Friday, and we discussed this about Jordan not getting the speakership, or uh, the uh, uh, minority leadership, rather. And uh, we both kind of agreed. Uh, this is what, This is a classic case of if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. That's what's going to happen here. 
We have the same leadership in place, Ryan and McCarthy. Now it'll be McCarthy as the uh, minority leader. You're going to get the same results. Weak need, capitulate, give in to the Democrat-type leadership rather than doing what Republicans told uh, voters they would do when they got their uh, majority in the first place. So this is a this is a big deal. This is a very very big deal. It's a problem. I look forward to talking to Congressman Jordan about that coming up. As I say, at about uh, nine forty eight, as he always is. The rest of the show is yours. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. You can dial whenever you're ready. Twitter and Facebook are available to you as well. As much as I despise those platforms, I do use them for my benefit, if I can. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook, fr- find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. France Radio. Spell it correctly and you'll find it. Uh, no uh, spaces, no underscores, just France Radio. And I will read good comments on the air. President of the United States made some comments yesterday in an exclusive sit-down with Chris Wallace. A one-on-one interview that aired yesterday on Fox News Sunday, and uh, uh, it was it was illuminating to say the very least. The president commenting on everything from staff and staff shakeups to the Mueller investigation to new AG or acting AG, temporary AG Matthew Whitaker, and whether or not it's. Uh, uh, he expects him to end the Mueller probe and whether or not that's the right thing. They talked about his mood. They talked about his the biggest challenge. Um, with respect to running the country and what some of the international challenges have been. He talked about North Korea. And uh, I'm going to share a lot of that audio with you as we continue this morning. I thought some of it was fascinating. Oh, by the way, you may have also heard in the newscast at the top of the hour just about 10 minutes ago, the president also declared that his presidency has been a smashing success thus far, giving himself an A-plus and questioning whether or not if there, there was anything higher than that. He wants something higher than an A+. plus. <laughs> if he could find it, he would give himself that because of the record-breaking uh, economy and uh, some of the other uh, things, obviously, that we have all given him praise for. But he says A+. plus. I wouldn't go that high. It is going to be a question that I ask you today, however. I'm going to ask it on Twitter. I'm going to put a little poll thing up there so they can tally the results. And then I'm going to ask you at 216-901-0945, you tell me uh, what grade do you give the president two years in now? Roughly two years in. His second two years are going to be, obviously, uh, a little bit difficult, more difficult for him to accomplish things, uh, you know, because naturally when you are uh, facing a, a, what has already been a resist and obstruct minority Democrat Party, now when they are in a, a resist and obstruct majority Democrat Party, it's going to be very, very hard to get anything done legislatively with Nancy Pelosi and crew in power. Um, so looking at just the first two years when he was able to do a few things, you tell me what the grade is. Again, 21690, and defend it, too. Defend it. I'm not giving him an A-plus, and I'm not giving you my grade for him just yet. I'm going to listen to some of what your thoughts are. I have a pretty solid idea of what I think he deserves uh, based on accomplishments, but also based on shortcomings and uh, uh, achievements and perhaps uh, lapses in judgment. So I'm going to share all of that with you, but I want your thoughts, too. Uh, the president says A-plus. I don't know that I would have done that if I was him. It just it kind of fuels the fire of some of his enemies. But he says A-plus. What do you say? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five is the phone number. The other huge news today, of course, finally, it is official. Ron DeSantis is going to be 
the governor of uh, of the state of Florida, and Rick Scott, the former governor now of the state of Florida, the outgoing governor, is going to be the next senator uh, from the state of Florida in Washington, D.C. The results have been certified. The hand recount has been done. And as uh, everybody expected... The Democrats tried their best to cheat their way to electoral victory, but they could not do so. And Ron DeSantis, now the incoming governor, says it's a doggone good thing that Broward County elections official Brenda Snipes tendered her resignation because there was no way he was going to let her run another election. Obviously, we're going to have to address some of the problems uh, with the the election administration in places like Broward and Palm Beach County. Uh, I think it's good that Brenda Snipes has submitted her resignation. Uh, There was no way as governor that I was going to let her preside over another election down there after all the problems that they had. Um, So we had 65 counties do a do a good job we had two that 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 dropped the ball we want to make sure all 67 counties do these elections in a fair way and that is of course going to be his uh you know under his control now to some extent uh what he needs to do not only now that brenda snipes is um uh, is resigning her position as a broward county elections official he needs to replace her with somebody who is competent and someone with character because again, we still don't know if it was um, if it was more incompetence or more corruption with Brenda Snipes, or if it was a combination of the two. Either way, Ron DeSantis needs to appoint somebody that. Because remember, Jeb Bush appointed Snipes, so Ron DeSantis gets to appoint the new person now that she is resigning. And I would submit to you that it would be in the best interest of Florida and of the country because Florida's electoral votes in 2020 are going to have a huge role as they always do in deciding the next president of the United States. So I would submit to you that in the interest of, you know, fairness in not only Florida but to the rest of the country that he look at Palm Beach County and any other county that had the same or similar types of problems and fire those elections chiefs and put competent uh fair-minded people in charge. That is not to say stack the deck or rig anything, you know, for Republicans just get, but get the corrupt and incompetent officials out of the way. So it is a big deal. Uh, and, and naturally the left doesn't like it. Bill Nelson decided to, uh, uh, end his run by conceding and essentially taking shots at the system, taking shots at the voters, taking shots at Rick Scott saying he presided over a, an election that tried to suppress uh, a voter turnout. And then, of course, he took some shots at the President of the United States as well, because it's what Democrats do. As proof of that statement, all you have to do is look north of the Florida-Georgia line and see exactly what Stacey Abrams has continued to do, all with the willing support of the lunatics out in Hollywood. They finally called the race at the end of last week, as you know, And Brian Kemp is the winner, the clear winner. And actors are throwing hissy fits, demanding a boycott of the state of Georgia. Why? Because Stacey Abrams didn't win. And if Stacey Abrams doesn't win, well, then clearly it wasn't a legitimate election. Because Oprah Winfrey Winfrey went down there and campaigned for her. And if Oprah Winfrey can't turn Georgians' minds in favor of Stacey Abrams enough, well, then clearly something is amiss. Something is not fair. You really should seriously see the uh, the responses. Uh, let me share a couple of them with you. Alyssa Milano, left-wing lunatic, former actress, trying to cling desperately to relevance, even though she really has none any longer because she doesn't act anymore. She's trying so hard to be relevant. 
Alyssa Milano tweeted, there are over 20 productions shooting in Georgia. Speaking of movie productions, right? There are over 20 productions in Georgia. Is, is the entertainment industry willing to support the economy of a totally corrupt state that suppresses democracy? See, we didn't win, so it suppressed democracy. Uh, where the winner isn't the best choice for the people, but, but the best schemer or crook. Ron Perlman, Hollywood loser. To all my friends who are studio and network execs, if you choose to shoot movies and TV in Georgia, don't bother to call me. Happy to lead the ex, uh, exodus of Georgia. Bradley Whitford tweeted, I don't even know who Bradley Whitford is. Apparently he's another Hollywood actor. Brian Kemp is a corrupt, homophobic, unapologetic disenfranchiser of African-American voters. If he seizes power, Hollywood needs to use its leverage to pull out of Georgia. Studios need to put their money where their mouth is and stand up to hate. Hashtag boycott Georgia. I just want to know why Bradley Whitford and other people like that apparently hate black people. I, they really do. They really despise them and and do not think very much of them. Because once again... Call, uh, uh, criticizing a call for voter identification because black people can't get voter identification, they can't get state IDs, is the most insulting thing I think that you can say about the black population. Why are they less capable of getting voter identification than white people or Latinos or Asians or anyone else, especially when they are offered free for people who are poor? There is zero, repeat, Zero evidence that voter identification negatively impacts people of color more than people who are in the majority. It is just so much liberal bull, bull blank, uh, essentially. And, uh, and it's insulting. It is. It's racist. It, 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 it will always be so. If you say, hey, you can't make those people get IDs, they're black. You are saying that black people can't do things white people can do, like, you know, run their lives. I wonder how these folks open bank accounts. All, all folks, that is. Because you can't if you don't have an ID. You can't cash a check if you don't have an ID, for goodness sakes. My family is sick as a dog right now. Everybody in the family came down with whatever this crud is that's going around, and it's you sneezing and coughing and sore throating and swollen glanding. And I, uh, and I went to the uh, drugstore to get some pseudoephedrine. I get the generic pseudoephedrine, but the drug is pseudoephedrine. It's one of the primary um, primary uh, uh, ingredients in making meth, apparently, because every time you try to buy some of that, you have to show an identification, and they have to swipe it in their system, your state identification. So apparently, <laughs> um, people who are uh, uh, ethnic minorities, black Americans, African Americans, you just have to stay sick. You can't have... Any, any pseudoephedrine to help take care of your symptoms for your little illnesses because you can't obtain um, uh, identification. I wonder if there's going to be legislation pending that says people in the minority, ethnic minorities, don't have to show ID. They can take all of the pseudoephedrine they want. I wonder if that will be the case now because that's what they're trying to say about voting. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off into the weeds there. But, uh, but yes, uh, the, the, the truth has prevailed. Brian Kemp is the winner in Georgia. Despite all of the left's uh, chicanery and their and their lies and their deception and their accusations of bigotry and racism and homophobia and all the rest, Brian Kemp is the winner there. Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott are the winners in Florida. This is the way the people voted. They need to accept that in the same way that we did. I don't like the fact that the the House uh, uh, is now going to be in the hands of Democrats. 
I don't like it at all. But you know what I'm not doing? Screaming that everything was fixed and rigged and everything else. I am just accepting the fact that there's a lot more work for Republicans to do. And that's what they're going to do over the next two years to regain that majority and, of course, to make, make, sure, they re, make sure they retain the White House. Which, according to liberal Democrat new Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is one of the three chambers of government. You don't know what I'm talking about. Neither does she. I'll explain that story coming right up. It's 921, the Pop France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Tell everybody about the you won't catch me crying because you just can't win. Come. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. All right, 925. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. So we got some races that are finally over two weeks after they should have been. <laughs> and uh, uh, Republicans have won them, too, in Florida. And then, of course, the governor's race in uh, in Georgia. And the president of the United States yesterday, in a one-on-one with Chris Wallace, laying out some uh, some some very important um uh, information, I suppose, especially as it pertains to the future of his administration in the next two years. For example, is John Kelly going to maintain his role as chief of staff over the next two years? Back in July, you said that chief of staff John Kelly will be here through 2020. Well, can well, you still say we, that? Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, look, we get along well. There are certain things I love what he does, and there are certain things that I don't like uh, that he does that aren't his strength. It's not that he doesn't do, you know, he works so hard. He's doing an excellent job in many ways. There are a couple of things where it's just not his strength. It's not his fault. It's not his strength. Such uh, as. But I haven't even thought about John in terms of this. But John at some point is going to want to move on. John will move on. So 2020 is no longer written in stone. It could happen. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be. But let's see what happens. Uh, I have not. Look, I have three or four or five positions that I'm thinking about of that. Maybe it's going to end up being two, maybe. But I want to I need flexibility. So uh, the thing I took away from that is is there are some things that John Kelly does was uh, does well and some things that he does not do as well. And uh, they're not his strength. Um my takeaway from that is this would be the biggest mistake of the president's first term if he gets rid of John Kelly. Because the things that I would take, I, I, I believe, this is totally speculative as I listen to the president, as I've watched this uh, you know administration run for the last two years. John Kelly, one of his greatest strengths is organization and discipline. Being the four-star general that he is, uh, he knows all about discipline. He knows all about organization. He knows how to manage people. He knows how to manage situations. And I think he helps manage the Trump, the West Wing. He manages it because of his discipline. And the president doesn't like having anybody outmanage him. 
I don't think the president likes somebody who is is as as strong of a personality as he is. And I think the president's biggest weakness is his inability or his, his decision making, his refusal to listen to other people who might know something a little bit better than he does. And John Kelly to me, is that type of a strong-minded individual. And the president doesn't like taking orders or direct directions from other people. I think he wants somebody to be a chief of staff who's going to be more of a lackey than a stand-up individual like uh, General Kelly. I'm not sure that's the best move for the president of the United States. Let me take a phone call from uh, Chuck, who's in Olmstead Falls. Chuck, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bob. How are you today, sir? Fantastic. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I would give the president a B-minus for his performance for the first two years, and I would do that because I think that he needs to drop some of the rancor in his communications, and he needs to rely on people like John Kelly to make those decisions for the day-to-day running of the White House and the things that he does. Uh, I like him. I, I think he's done a good job. I just wish he would drop back 40 yards and regroup on some of his statements. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and and it's okay to say those things and still be a supporter of the president. Because you know when you say things like you just did, things that are even what I said a minute ago about John Kelly, the president doesn't like to, uh, you know, kind of take orders from other people. He doesn't like being directed by other people who are just as strong as he is. And, and, and people are going to accuse me of, people are going to accuse me of not supporting our president. And they're going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, be nasty and mean about it. But I think what you said is fair. Uh, rancor is a good word, and I would just say be a little bit more uh, thoughtful before making statements. I, if I had one suggestion and one thing that I would wish Absolutely. the president would do, just, like you said, drop back 15, 20 yards, you know, plan it out, call time out if you have to, make it, you know, decide on what an effective strategy, and more important, you're right when you use the word communication, the way to communicate your strategy uh, and, and, and express it properly, and I think you'll alleviate a lot of the problems that you create for yourself. I think so, Bob. Can I can I make a comment on one more issue? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, gun control. I would like to see the Democrats take an absolute leadership role in gun control, and I think they should line up and turn in all their guns, and then we'll see how that how that goes. And we, I, but I think the Democrats could take a real good uh, leadership role in this and let them demonstrate how it's going to be. I like the way you think, Chuck. Lead by example, Democrats. Turn your guns in. Just take them to your local police station, take them to government agencies, and turn them in and say, we no longer want guns anywhere around us. That's our way of showing we support gun control. I love it, Chuck. Thanks for the call. 931. Let's get news now at AM 1420. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer. I hope uh, you know what uh, Chuck and I were just talking about is kind of clear. Um, we're talking about grading the president today. Why? Because the president yesterday was asked by Chris Wallace in an exclusive on Fox News Sunday to grade himself, and the president said, "Can I go higher than A plus? Is there something higher than that? Because uh, uh, that's what I would say. Otherwise, uh, I'll just say A plus." And okay, it's great to have confidence, especially when you're. Critics are so relentlessly negative, and it's probably trolling them to the highest level to say A+. plus. It's making them just, you know, burn. You know, they, they just get so angry with these kinds of things. And for that reason, I'm okay with it. I really am. 
But in reality, I think, you know, I hope the president really doesn't think that there's no room for improvement. A-plus is perfect. You know, A-plus is 4.0 and then some on the scale, right? Uh, and you can't get any better than that. I hope he doesn't think that there isn't room for improvement because there is. And, you know, examples of this would, in, would be the fact that we still don't have our wall. Uh, another example would be we still have not repealed Obamacare. Remember how easy that was going to be to do? It was going to be very easy. It was going to be very easy. Uh, the fact that the tax cuts that we passed, uh, the Trump tax cuts, uh, which are extraordinarily effective and important, have that 10-year sunset clause. And instead of making them permanent, that's a problem. Uh, and, and most importantly, I, as I said and Chuck said, let's just improve on the communications with the American people, particularly as it pertains to very controversial issues and delicate matters within the West Wing. So many of the president's top aides and leaders and secretaries, department secretaries in the on the cabinet, have been struggling to find a way to explain their position on something when the president almost instinctively is one way to say it, impetuously is another. And I think they're both accurate at times. Um He'll fire something off on Twitter that just does not meet with what the, you know, the message that the other members of the administration are saying. He'll fire off messages that are contrary to what others have said. Um, sometimes it's better to just sit back and think and maybe let somebody else peruse what you're, what you're planning on, you know, messaging to the American people before you push send on that phone. And sometimes it's not just there. Sometimes it is in interview settings and press conference settings where the president will say things without thinking because it's what he's always done. And when I say always, I mean going back to his highly successful career as a developer, real estate developer, entrepreneur, game show host, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the president likes to speak off the cuff. It's his style. And that's okay to a degree, but there are some times where off-the-cuff is not warranted, where maybe I better stop, I better process this, I better think about, think through, think this through. Maybe I want to bring in Kellyanne, maybe I want to bring in, uh, you know, one of my other advisors, maybe Sarah, to make sure that I'm not hanging her out to drive. What do you plan to say about this? Well, here's my take. Because, uh, you know, many times, especially in the first year, when Sean Spicer was the press secretary, uh, he would be out there saying one thing, completely oblivious to the fact that the president president had tweeted the opposite of that. That message undiscipline or that lack of message discipline is a better way to say that sometimes can cause problems. So I'm not ready to go A-plus for the president, although there is a lot of A-plus work he has done. You know, while we point at the smaller things that perhaps are holding him back from that grade and holding back perhaps some of his agenda for being achieved, uh, he has achieved a ton you know, he uh, there are there are a lot of things that he has done that are a plus. The tax cuts again, I would say a because they're not permanent for the uh, for the uh, uh, individual rates. I would say you know, getting rid of the Iran nuclear deal is an a plus job. I would say the work with North Korea uh, and trying to advance diplomacy there is probably an a minus job. Some people didn't even think we could get as far as we did, which is to sit down at a table with Kim Jong-un and actually discuss ways to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula. Uh, that, that work, it's not complete. That's why I'll say A-minus. But the fact that he is getting to this point, whereas prior to Trump's arrival, Kim Jong-un is firing nuclear weapons and, and interballistic mi- or intercontinental mi- missiles rather um, with impunity. 
You know, I mean, he's detonating here, he's testing there, he's firing this, he's doing everything, and nobody could or do, would do anything. That has ceased since Trump has taken over. So that's, you know, that's probably an A-plus job that he has done thus far, but the fact that, you know, can, we don't have anything concrete yet probably makes it, I don't know, maybe an A-minus. By the way, here's what Trump had to say about North Korea. Well, I think North Korea has been very tough because, you know, we were very close. When I took that over, President Obama, right in those two chairs, we sat and talked, and he said that's by far the biggest problem that this country has. And I think we had a real decision as to which way to go in North Korea. And certainly, at least so far, I'm very happy with uh, the way we went. Yeah, and he, and he should be. But but again, now the word at the end of last week was is that Kim Jong-un is testing new tactical types of weapons, not necessarily nuclear, but high-tech weapons. Not sure exactly how that's going to turn out, but progress has been made better than anybody thought. It's in the A range, but I won't give it an A-plus until I see a signed uh, declaration of denuclearization by and with full inspections, by the way. By an international body, by the way, like we uh, demanded and did not get in the Iran deal. Uh, until we see those kinds of things, then we can't go A+, plus. but I will go A- minus on that one. So there's a lot of great work that is being done. But overall, I want to know what you think. How do you grade the president? He says A+, plus, two years in. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. John is in Chardon on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, John. Go ahead. Hey, morning, Bob. Good morning. Uh, can I do three points, unrelated points today? Go or ahead. I could uh, do two today and one tomorrow. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jim Jim Jordan, and I'm glad I caught you before he he's coming on. He he's always in his shirt sleeves, and you look at his colleagues, Kevin McCarthy. I've never seen him in his shirt shirt sleeves, and so I mean, you got to look the part. Uh, uh, but he he is the part, and he's the best man for the job. There's no question about that. Well, then why bring up his why bring up the fact that he doesn't wear his suit jacket when he's on camera? Well, here's the because he is the best the, man for the job. You're right. Oh, absolutely. But here's the leader of the Senate, and before him are all his all his colleagues, and they're in suits and coats and ties. And how well and how well are they doing in their suits and ties? Not as good as Jim. Okay, so then but, maybe this is a non 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 factor. It's a non issue. Well, it's look, a perception look, Jim Jordan. Factor. Well, well, here's the perception that I get, John. I get the perception perception from Jim Jordan is that he's not a stuffed suit. You know, he isn't there wearing a two thousand uh, dollar you know a designer suit. He's wearing his his you know store bought uh, a button down dress shirt and his tie, and he's getting down to work. I think that's the persona he tries to convey. I'm working. I'm not sitting here posing for photo ops because you know what. I don't know about you, but if you work in an office or in a place where you have to wear a suit publicly, uh, usually when you're office in your office uh, doing your job, uh, you know you're taking your shirt, your your jacket off, and you're rolling up your shirt sleeves. That's where the phrase came from: rolling up your shirt sleeves and getting down to work. That's the that's the the um, the impression I think Jim Jordan likes to give. He's rolling up his shirt sleeves and getting down to work. And if I got to do an interview, fine, but I'm not going to get all gussied up for it. I got work to do. That's the persona. That's the the image. That's the uh, the you know the portrait he likes to you know to give to the people. And personally, I think it's better than looking like uh, one of the stuffed suits. I'd rather take a well, uh, I'd rather yeah. take a top button undone uh, shirt sleeves rolled up uh, congressman doing his job than uh, somebody who looks the part and doesn't do squat for the American people. Well, I'm sure that's you and I and Jim's perception. But I don't. I don't know if it's everybody's perception. I, who cares, John? I mean, that's. Well, I don't understand well, why it's an issue. People that vote. Look at you. You're, you're te- hold on. You're telling me that 150 people in the in the Republican Congress voted for Kevin McCarthy because he's got a jacket. 
Well, maybe half of them. Because if they are, then they should be fired. If anybody voted based on jacket or no jacket, then they don't belong in my freaking Congress. That's my house. That's my house. That's the people's we have a house. Few of those for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then get them the hell out that. of there. I don't. You know. I mean, seriously. I, I, I people who make a big deal out of whether or not Jim Jacket is or Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan jacket, Jim Jordan is wearing a jacket. To me, it's just, it's it's the dumbest it's the dumbest thing to argue about ever. What what were the other two points? Quickly. Okay. Uh, I received something in the mail. There's a Senate race going on down in Mississippi, and uh, in Mississippi, I guess you have to get. 50% of the vote to, to, to win, and neither one of the candidates got it. And the incumbent is a, a Republican, a, a woman. And uh, so this is on November 27th is this uh, special election, and no, nobody's talking about it. And uh, so, you know, I wanted to bring it to, bring it to a light. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I'll look into that, John. I, 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 th- yeah. th- those weird state rules, by the way, drive me bananas. There ought to be some uniform way uh, of doing these things, even though each state, of course, is its own entity, and we are the United States of America. When it comes to elections for federal positions where you're not just representing your state, or you are, but you're also in federal government, to me, the, the rule, rules ought to be uniform. But uh, but we can look into that. It's 945 right now. We're going to talk to the jacketless Jim Jordan coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 949, now the Bob France Authority continues, AM 1420, the answer. Let's move on and talk to the jacketless Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio's 4th Congressional District. Good morning, Congressman. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm fine, Bob. It's, uh, it's been a great week. It's Thanksgiving week, my, one, of my, one of my favorite holidays. So I uh, hope, hope you and your family are going to have a great Thanksgiving, but good to be with you. Good to talk to you as well. And yes, we, uh, I, I really enjoy this too. It is a great time to reconnect with family, get kids coming home from college and having a good time. Yep. Uh, I, I literally, I was just discussing with the previous caller, uh, the vote last week, obviously, is, uh, Kevin McCarthy is, uh, is, uh, going to be the minority leader. Yeah. Uh, and, and <laughs> one of my callers said, and I've heard other people talk to you about this too. I don't think it's a big deal ever, but he said, well, you know, if you don't look the part, maybe they don't want to elect you to be a leader. And, and it's talking about your propensity for just appearing in shirt and tie as opposed to full jacket oh. <laughs> on camera. Well, and I said, if anybody yeah. voted for Kevin McCarthy because he's, because he's got a jacket, then they really do not belong in the United States House <laughs> at all. I mean, truly, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you, you hear stuff like that all the time. Does it ever bother you? No. I mean, look, my, my job is, we've talked about this many times, my job is to go there and fight for the things I, that I was going to fight for. Uh, we always knew that this was going to be a big-time uphill fight, but I felt like um, you know, the American people needed an alternative uh, for who was going to lead their party, particularly after, you know, we're going to lose almost 40 seats, Bob, and, and we're losing 40 seats at a time when we had the greatest economy in 30 years. I mean, unemployment lowest in 50 years, 250,000 jobs added last month alone, 4.2% growth rate, and yet we lose 40 seats. And I, and I felt like, you know, whenever, whenever you have a setback in life, I mean, I, I remember this from sports and my days competing, you know, the first thing you have to do is step back and say, why'd you lose? So that you can, you can better prepare and, and, and hopefully achieve the goal or the objective uh, in the future. And um, I look back on it and say, we should have done some things different in my judgment. Um, and I presented that to the conference, but the conference, had, you know, had decided that they were going to go with, with Mr. McCarthy and that's what they chose. 
There, uh, there's an old adage, and I think it also applies to sports since we're there. Uh, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always yeah. get what you've always got. And I feel like we're going to get more of the same. And I, and I don't want to sit here and disparage too much your, your Republican colleagues, but I think under the Ryan McCarthy leadership, there's a reason we didn't get our wall. There's a reason we didn't get our repeal of, uh, of Obamacare. There's a reason we didn't get a lot of the things that, as you always say, you know, we told the people we would do when we got yeah. there. And, and so how can we expect Kevin McCarthy and the leadership, uh, uh, that is currently in well, place to combat Nancy Pelosi or whoever it is that's going to run the show for the Democrats. Well, I, I know one thing. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to keep fighting for the things we said. But you're right. We didn't replace Obamacare. We didn't reform welfare. We didn't build the border security wall. Three of the biggest promises we made to voters. Uh, again, when whenever you fail to reach a meaningful goal, you have to first ask, you know, what did we do wrong? Why did it happen? Then you have to then you have to say the second question is what are we up against now and we have to think in the terms of we're now up against the you know Pelosi Waters Schiff Nadler this is what we're up against now and then the third question of course is how do we win it back uh, what do we have to do to actually win back the majority and get accomplished what what I think the American people elected us to do in 2016 so uh, those are the key questions I, I, I presented that to the conference but um, look my, my job is to is to keep fighting for the things we said we would do keep doing the things that I know uh, are in the best interest of our great country and the best interest of, of uh, the folks in the 4th District, and that's, that's what we're going to keep focused on. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. Um, what do you think is going to happen? The what? The deadline is December 8th, right, for this spending bill to include this yeah. uh, this border yeah. fund, this border wall funding. Uh, we know you know what they're going to say. Um, what, do you, what do you think the chances are we get this thing actually passed uh, by December 8th? I, I think that's the, 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 the one issue that's of paramount importance, as, as we said, it's the biggest promise we made the American people to secure the border, build the border security wall. Unfortunately, I don't see the, the eagerness, the intensity, uh, the focus that we need. I'm, I'm just not seeing it from uh, my colleagues. Uh, we got a few weeks left here when, when Republicans control all the government. We should be focused on that one objective and getting it done. But I don't see it. And frankly, I think that's what hurt us in the election, to go back the American people elected President Trump to come to this town and shake it up, and he has done just that. But they have not seen the same intensity from House Republicans. They saw it once. Here's the irony. They saw it from the U.S. Senate one time. One time they saw it from the U.S. Senate, and it happened to be right before the election when they stood firm and confirmed Judge Kavanaugh. But they never once saw that same kind of intensity. We never once met the eagerness, the intensity that we needed that the president displayed. In, in, into changing this this town and changing the the policies that we said we were going to change, and that's what hurt us on election day. There, it just wasn't wasn't the eagerness and the turnout that we needed to maintain the majority, and that and again, I'm not seeing it now in this lame duck session where we should be singularly focused on building that border security wall and accomplishing the single biggest promise we made the American Congressman. Um... I saw media reports this morning just uh, to the south of San Diego, down in Tijuana, where hundreds yeah. of the caravan uh, have arrived already. And the people of Tijuana, we're talking about Mexican nationals, yeah. Mexican citizens, are outraged. They are holding up signs saying, immigrants, yes, illegals, no. They are screaming, Trump is right. This is an invasion. They don't want those people there either. Um and yet we're we're obviously going to be in a very difficult position here in just a matter of days where they're going to be our problem. And uh, uh, what do you think, that, first of all, do you think there's any chance that in the remaining weeks of this Congress 
uh, few as they are, um, that we can get asylum reform passed, some change to the asylum law so people can't just walk onto our soil, say the two magic words, and be granted uh, a hearing and obviously yeah. be released into the into the country while they while they await that hearing, which is sometimes months and maybe even years uh, down the line. Can we get something passed to deal I- with this caravan before you guys leave this session? I, I sure hope so, and that is that is the, the you know the focus of, of the Freedom Caucus. We had our, our meeting uh, this past week, and we talked about this one issue more than anything else. Let's get something done on the wall. Let's get something done on asylum reform that actually helps the situation. You're exactly right, uh, Bob. I read that same story earlier this morning, and one of the individuals in there said, we want our president to be more like Trump. And yeah. then they said, we're for legal immigration. We, we welcome people who come here legally. I mean, it sounds just exactly like, like you and I talk about every week on your show. You talk about with your, your listeners. We, we're all for legal immigration, but let's do it right. Let's reform our laws. Let's build the border security wall. And they're down there in Tijuana saying, we want our president, our Mexican president, to be more like President Trump. That should tell you everything. But, oh, the only people who don't seem to get that are Democrats and a handful of of, uh, of uh, Republicans in D.C. Everyone else across the country seems to understand that common sense fact. Congressman, last thing, and I really appreciate your time this morning. Um, you bet. The Democrats are are going for the tax cuts, um, and they're talking about uh, repealing them and talking about uh, changing the rates and so on and so forth. And even without their majority now perhaps doing that or trying to do that, a lot of people are concerned about the fact that the actual tax cuts for individuals was only 10 years. There's a sunset clause on it. Yeah. Again, is that something we can do in this lame duck session before you run out of time? Can we change that from a 10-year uh, uh, tax rate to permanent We'd, we'd have to put it on the same bill we're talking about, this spending bill. That must pass piece of legislation. If we put it on there, we stand firm. I think we could, but I don't see I don't see the talk of doing that. Uh, it's almost like this, this attitude like, well, we've already lost the majority, even though we have it for the next six weeks. We've already lost it. Let's just move on. And I think that's the wrong attitude. That's the attitude that I don't think ever wins many, many championships if we're, if we're sticking with the sports analogy. But it, so I don't see that. I hope we can. Now, the good news is I don't think they're going to be able to raise taxes next Congress because President Trump will have a veto, uh, and he's not going to go for that. But but it'd be nice if we could make particularly those personal income tax rates permanent so that families could be assured they were going to be able to keep their, keep their hard-earned money uh, long-term. Yeah, I totally agree, which is why I asked it. Now, you say there's not much talk about that on the Hill, uh, even in, in your Republican circles. Why do you think that is? Why, I mean, what a great way everyone, to, to, you know, to, to exit this Congress by telling everybody, by the way, those, yeah. those new rates that have more money in your paychecks right now, uh, the, they're going to be permanent. Uh, is, why is that okay. not a topic of conversation? It should be. Let's pass a permanent tax uh, uh, cut bill, and let's, uh, let's make sure that the border wall gets funded and it gets built as we reform asylum. Let's do those three key things and let's just focus on that. I, I think too many members are focused on what they're going to be next Congress, what what committee they're going to have, uh, what what position they're going to have, when instead we should be focused on what we tell the American people we're going to do. we still got a little time. Let's get it done. 
That's exactly how I feel. That's what I was hoping to hear you say, and I wish more people would take that approach, because you're right. They're looking toward the next Congress, and rather than what can we do while we still have the majority and we can still help uh, to push the president's agenda, which remains very, very popular uh, you know, among his base and among, I think, most of middle America. So hopefully you guys can get yeah. some of those things done. we got to, we got to get some yeah. funding for that wall, especially that. that that's got to no, be priority number one between now and, and the end of this biggest Congress. Promise, biggest promise made in 2016. And, you know... <sighs> Here's the good news, though, Bob. We still live in the best country ever. I, I, I always tell folks I've had an opportunity in, in, in way back when to travel to what was the Soviet Union, been to Cuba a few times. I, I tell folks, you go to places like that, you thank the good Lord you live here. And uh, that's one of the things, uh, along with a host of others, that we should be thankful for this week, uh, particularly on Thursday when when we can it's sit down with our families celebrate that, that that is a great message and uh and we will certainly be thankful for that and congressman i hope you and your family have a wonderful time on this holiday and you we'll too, look bro. forward to catching you up too. with you next week thank you sir congressman jim care, jordan thank you sir uh congressman jim jordan on am 1420 the answer it's 10 o'clock we will of course not talk to him uh this coming uh uh i'm sorry i beg your pardon we will talk to him next monday next monday i'm, I'm mistaking congressman renacy who will not be with us on this friday as we will be in best of mode at that time but right now it's 10 o'clock and we are back with our number two live right here on AM 1420, The Answer, after this.